0: O Lamb of God, we come to you. We pray that you would speak to us now. We pray that you would move our hearts to love and worship. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, as we begin, I've got a, a little bit of a quiz for you. And they're all multiple choice, uh, so hopefully uh, you'll get them, uh, get them right. So here's the first one What important event happened in England in 1066? Was it the Romans left England? Was it the, the, ba- sorry, the building of the Offa Dyke? Was it the Norman invasion? Or the Battle of Bannockburn? What's the answer? Who thinks it's the first one? The Romans left England. Who thinks it's the second one? The building of the Offa Dyke. Who thinks it's the third one? The Norman Invasion. And the fourth one? The Battle of Bannockburn? Nobody knows nobody wants to have a guess Alan, you're the only one answered it and you're the only one that got it right well done, top marks gold star for you here's the next one this is easier, true or false true or false the union flag comprises of four crosses one for each part of the United Kingdom who thinks it's true who thinks it's false Now that's probably, there's one here. How many crosses? Three. St. George, St. Andrew and St. Patrick. So that's false. So it is. And here's the final question. Who appoints life peers in the House of Lords? Is it the monarch? Is it the Prime Minister? Is it the Speaker of the House of Commons? Or is it the Chief Whip? Who thinks it's the monarch? Who thinks it's the Prime Minister? Who thinks it's the Speaker of the House of Commons? Who thinks it's the Chief Whip? Who hasn't a clue? <laughs> Lost a hand? okay. uh, of hands? Okay. Pliny, you got that one right. It is the monarch, the Queen, who appoints life peers uh, to the House of Lords. No. What's the point of those questions? Well they're all the sort of questions that you're asked in the life in the UK test to gain British citizenship. So if someone comes from another country and they move to the United Kingdom and they want to become a British citizen or a British subject. Then they have to sit the test with those kinds of questions. There are 24 multiple choice questions in 45 minutes. And to pass, you have to get 75%. Correct. I don't know how we would have done this morning, maybe. There is a practice test online, so with some fear, um, I had a go at it, um, but thankfully I don't have to give up my passport just yet. I got 100% on it. So we did. Um, but to enter the kingdom, to become part of the United Kingdom, you have to prove yourself and pass that test. It's a good job we're all United Kingdom citizens, isn't it? The question running through our Bible reading today is that very question. What do I need to do to enter God's kingdom? How do I gain entry is there a test is there a pass mark how do I get into God's kingdom and on Friday uh, you might have noticed there was a general election uh, in the Republic of Ireland Um, I wasn't watching the campaign very closely uh, but sometimes you see uh, the photos of the politicians kissing babies you know that kind of standard image you know uh, a politician who's you know comfortable with people, and you know even babies love him. So why don't you vote for him as well? Kind of thing. Well, here in our Bible reading, and it might be good if you turn back uh, in the service sheet to find it again uh, in Luke uh, chapter eighteen. Here uh, it says in verse fifteen. Now they were bringing even infants to him to Jesus, uh, that he. Might touch them. Jesus was in town, and parents were bringing their babies to Jesus, or at least they were trying to bring their babies to Jesus. The disciples that were acting like Jesus um, bouncers or bodyguards, you know, keeping di- keeping uh, the babies away at, at a distance. The disciples were rebuking the parents. As well, they were telling them to get away. Maybe, I don't know, maybe they were worried that Jesus was too busy to spend time looking at babies. Maybe they were afraid that the babies would be sick all over them, I don't know. But for whatever reason, they were keeping them away, they were stopping them from coming to Jesus. But look at what Jesus says in verse 16. Jesus called them to him, saying, Let the children come to me, and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. Jesus wants the children to come to him. It is to such, he says, that the kingdom belongs. And as we think this morning about entering the kingdom, who it is that can come in, did you hear what Jesus says about coming into the kingdom? Uh, Verse 17 again, Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. Now he's not saying that if you don't Enter the kingdom as a child when you're a wee nipper. Then there's no hope for you to come in in later life. Jesus is saying you enter like a child. Childlike faith is to receive it entirely as a gift. Not able to earn it, just taking hold of what you're given. Just like at those infants who were being brought to Jesus, so that He could touch them and so that He could bless them, and they hadn't earned it, they hadn't done anything. They couldn't say, "Look, you know, I'm, I'm top of my class in the nursery," or, "You know, I, I let my mum and dad sleep all night every night." They'd done nothing, and yet they find favour, they find grace, they receive it as a gift. So to enter the kingdom, Jesus says, you need to be like a child. And yet straight away, uh, there's this ruler, this uh, important person who asks Jesus this question. Uh, And you wonder, uh, were you not listening to what Jesus has just said? Verse 18, uh, here's the question. A ruler asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What must I do? Now look at what Jesus says in reply. He says, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. Do you hear the force of those words? The words that we used at the start of our confession. No one is good except God alone. So what Jesus is saying is that even the best of us is At heart bad. No one is good. No one is good enough. We simply cannot reach that level of goodness. Now immediately that should set off alarm bells. No one can do what is needed to inherit eternal life. And you know, whenever I um, used to read this passage, I used to think that Jesus is saying, you know, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone, as if to say, you know, Jesus is actually saying he's not God, that only God is good enough and, and he's not. But that's not what Jesus is saying here. Jesus is saying this not about himself, but about this man, because this man thinks that he is good, and Jesus is saying, no, 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 no one is good except God alone. But the man asked the question and so Jesus gives the answer. Here it is. Here's what you need to do to make it to heaven by your own effort. Verse 20. Jesus lists some of the Ten Commandments. He says, You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honour your father and mother. And you can nearly see the ruler uh, ticking them off on his fingers. Yep. So, uh, no adultery, you know, never done that, tick. Uh, no murder, haven't done that, tick. And on and on and on he goes. Haven't done that, I'm in the clear on that one, tick. The man. Claims to have a perfect pass mark. He says, All these I have kept from my youth. And perhaps as David read them earlier, you were also checking them off. Maybe you're thinking to yourself that, you know, those are the easy ones, that it's no big deal, uh, that five out of ten were nearly there, halfway uh, to heaven. But if you know the Ten Commandments, if you can think of them in your minds, then you'll realise that he has checked off commandments in order. Seven, six, eight, nine, and five. That sounds like a phone number. Um, We'll put them in order. Five, six, seven, eight, and nine are the commandments that this man says that he has perfectly obeyed and kept. But they're all from the neighbour bit of the commandments. So what's missing? What are the ones that Jesus hasn't mentioned yet? Well they're the ones to do with God and covering, number 10. But 1, 2, 3 and 4 are missing. So look at what Jesus says. He doesn't directly quote the commandments and say, right, what about number 1? How are you doing with it? Instead he says... Uh, verse 22. One thing you still lack. Sell all that you have and distribute to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. One thing you lack. Here's all you need to do. This is it. Just do this and you'll be grand. But it was too much for him. It was a, a, a bridge too far. It was a step uh, too much. Luke tells us, but when he heard these things, he became very sad, for he was extremely rich. Five out of ten wasn't enough to do. To get eternal life, the pass mark is perfection—to perfectly love God all the time with everything, and to perfectly love your neighbor. No one is good except God alone. We just can't do it. We can't work it, at work for it or earn it. Nothing we do will ever be good enough. And that's why Jesus says what he says, to expose this man's worship, not of God, but of money. Even our best days aren't good enough. And there's a a, a wee saying that I heard uh, when I was wee uh, that helps us here wonder if you've heard it. Nearly never cleared the shock. Nearly never cleared the shock. If you're jumping over a ditch, you want to be sure that you make it to the other side because if you nearly make it, you end up covered in shock water. You haven't quite made it and that's what Jesus is saying here, that if we attempt to live the perfect life, and even if we nearly make it, if we, if we observe nine out of the Ten Commandments, we've still sinned, we've still not made it, we'll still have failed. Now just in case we missed uh, what was happening here, Jesus makes it even clearer. He says in verse 24, how difficult it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And as we were thinking about with Mark earlier on with Sunday school, can a camel go through the eye of a needle? Of course not. I can hardly put a thread through the eye of a needle, let alone a camel. And that's the point. It's impossible. Those who heard it understand it straight away. They say, verse 26, then who can be saved? Who can do it? How can anyone enter the kingdom? How can anyone be right with God and Jesus says what is impossible with men is possible with God from our point of view it's like putting the camel through the eye of the needle, it's simply impossible we can't do it we can't make it but it is possible for God in fact Jesus has already told us how God makes it possible We enter with childlike faith. Not trying to work it or earn it. But simply receiving what Jesus has done for us. Just like the child with open arms saying thank you. None of us are good enough. But Jesus was. He lived the perfect life. He died the perfect death. And it's by trusting in his life, his death, his resurrection, uh, that we can come into the kingdom. Humanly impossible. You can never do it by your own effort. But God makes it possible as he extends the offer to anyone, to everyone, to come in under his terms, by his grace. The ruler he walked away. the cost was too high for him. but Peter uh, you just love Peter, just he comes out and says things and doesn't think about them sometimes, but he says he, he, he just can't resist pointing out his own obedience you know this guy, this ruler guy he, he hasn't done it, but I've done it. He says, uh, verse uh, 28, see, we have left our homes and followed you. Hey, Jesus, remember what we've done. We've followed you. We've left things behind. And it is possible that God will call us to give up things in order to follow him. But Jesus reminds us that he is worthy. That he is worth it. Look at how he ends the passage. You see, whenever we give up, we find that we receive far more back. Verse 29, he said to them, truly I say to you, there is no one here, sorry, there is no one who has left house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God who will not receive many times more in this time and in the age to come eternal life. As we take up our cross, as we deny ourselves, as we give up good things, God gives us even more. (coughs) Houses and family relationships. Just think of our church, this this church family here. How many houses we have, how many brothers and sisters uh, we are and how many more across the world it's a bit like uh, surprise surprise I wonder have you ever seen that program Silla Black used to do it and someone else does it now I can't remember her name um, but a lady is there uh, on the program she uh, is suddenly introduced to the family she never knew she had two brothers in Australia or a sister from Canada or wherever they were well, the church is a bit like we like that. We have brothers and sisters all around the world. Last night at the youth event in Clady, we were hearing about brothers and sisters in Eritrea, in North Korea, and all sorts of places where it's so difficult. But they're family. There are family. Jesus doesn't call everyone to sell all and give to the poor, but he might. He might if that is the thing that is keeping us back. But if he does, if he calls us to give up something, to To leave something. To follow him. Out of his abundance. He more than repays in this life. Many times more. Houses and brothers and sisters. And family relationships. But he even more abundantly repays. In the age to come. With eternal life. What. Could be worth so much here and now that would be more, that would be worth more than heaven. What would hold you back from trusting in him? In the age to come, eternal life. How do we obtain that life? How do we enter the kingdom? Not by tests. Or past works or performance. Jesus says no one is good except God alone. But because God is good. He provides a way. He makes it possible. at What is impossible for us. Through the Lord Jesus. And it's a free gift to be received with childlike faith. Let's pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we pray that you would write these words of Jesus deep on our hearts. We pray uh, that we would indeed respond uh, to this warning. And to this invitation we pray that you would give us the gift of faith. That we would throw all our weight on you. And receive life and enter your kingdom. We pray this for the glory of our King, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.